to another edition of Beyond Reason, and actually, I, I've got a name for the show now. This is the first ever time that I fully announced that show name, and it's the third podcast. It's a little behind in that department, but thank you all for being patient with me. So, the first podcast I did, not the last one, with a guest, J.P. Fowler, who, by the way, did not have the most stellar track record if you've been keeping track of his observations and predictions from the last few weeks. He went over five in his predictions. That's abysmal. He picked the New Orleans Saints over the Minnesota Vikings. He picked the Falcons over the Eagles. Michigan State basketball over Michigan, which I also had that, but come on, who would think that game would have happened? And he also had the Steelers over the Jags. Again, probably mostly everyone listening to this probably would have had the Steelers in that scenario. So that wasn't the greatest outing of predictions that we've ever had so hopefully the next time jp comes back on he'll be able to step up his prediction game and give us some actual announcements and predictions that we can actually hold up the next week one of the first things i want to talk about is going back to local sports which is what i didn't really touch on until our very first podcast and that was Williamston girls basketball. You may have mentioned this is a top-tier talent team, a bunch of high school recruits that are going to be recruited by colleges. They have D1 athletic scholarships, so on and so forth. And one of the biggest contributors to that girls basketball team is Maddie Waters. She is a point guard senior and has a Division I athletic scholarship to Western Michigan to play basketball. The last time... From the time, the last time I spoke to you about her and now, there has been an issue. She tore her ACL, and it sounds like she's going to be out for the rest of the season. What that means for Williamston basketball as a whole, not sure. I don't know how much she actually contributed compared to what the other players contributed on the court. If there's going to be just a dramatic dip in their play style now that she's out or they'll be able to carry out and potentially make it to the state championship. I don't know. But the thing is I want to know, there was a similar similar situation of when I graduated Fallowville High School. There was an athlete that graduated with me. He had a scholarship to Northwood University, tore his ACL on graduation day, and they were able to keep him. They kept the scholarship, they redshirted him, and he would be able to start his sophomore year, which was great plus to Northwood for that happy form. But do you think Western Michigan is going to do the same thing? Are they going to be able to keep Water's scholarship and say, okay, she tore her ACL, hopefully she can get back into surgery, be able to start during her sophomore year? Because odds are she's probably not going to be able to start and be fully healthy her freshman year. There's just no way. ACL injury is one of the most major injuries a basketball player, or any athlete for that matter, can have. And if you tear that, you have months and months of recovery, physical therapy, being able to actually fully do all the tasks that are required to do a heavy cardio sport that requires a lot of leg work, like basketball. So, Maddie Waters' case is Western Michigan going to be lenient and keep that scholarship, or they do have the opportunity to take it away and offer it to someone else who doesn't have a torn ACL. I know that sounds horrible, and they shouldn't do that, but I'm not going to be surprised if it's in the back of their minds right now. It's a dang shame if that's going to happen. Waters would be a great addition. I saw her play, okay? 
She is basically an all-around point shooter. She can shoot threes from Steph Curry range. She can dribble the ball like out, not probably as good, but close to Allen Iverson. I mean, she has great handles, good layups, plays great defense. I mean, just all-around great player. And I would hate to see Western Michigan, just because she had an unfortunate injury playing the game that she loves and the game that she was going to play for Western Michigan in a year, be trampled by having them take away their scholarship and go after someone else. Western Michigan, if you're listening, keep Waters' scholarship. See how it goes. Let her recover. Let her go through physical therapy. I promise you it will not be a mistake. I think it will be a great investment. We'll be right back. We're going to stick a little bit with the local sector on this one, but uh, a little bit more larger scale. We're going back to college sports. Michigan State. The big headline in the news right now is the Larry Nassar case, which, oh dear lord, this guy. So for those of you who don't know, Larry Nassar was the former USA Gymnastics team doctor. He's been there, well since before I was born. I believe he started in the late 80s being the number one team doctor for USA Gymnastics. And then he was also the gymnastics, the women's gymnastics doctor for Michigan State University. And it has been revealed to us over 140 accusations of sexual assault and abuse that Nasser has committed against female USA gymnasts, which Dear God, um, you know, what can you say about that? I mean, he's been convicted. He's going to spend the rest of his life in jail, thankfully. But right now, the testimonies are going on in the witness statements. So basically, over 120 women who have, who have accused Larry Nasser of sexually abusing them are coming to Lansing, Michigan at his trial to give their witness testimonies. And not only is it just brutal to listen to but the amount and just volume of people that this guy heard it's just it almost beggars belief and one of the things that just kind of it kind of made me laugh almost I know it's bad to say but it made me laugh was that during the trial Larry Nasser sent a letter to the judge that was overlooking the um, proceedings and the testimonies and said that he submitted a letter to the judge saying that he couldn't listen to any more of the statements in order to prevent mental trauma and stress. Like, seriously? Seriously, that, that's what you're going to do? How about all the mental trauma and stress that you put on every single person that you victimized? All of those victims that are coming to the witness stand, you better stand up there and listen, dude. I don't care if it brings you mental trauma. Imagine all the mental trauma that those victims that you just took advantage of I had no idea. I can't even speak right now. All of those people, and you have the nerve to send a letter to the judge saying that you cannot listen to their testimonies out of your actions. I'm just glad the judge shut him down. He said, he or she said, nope, you're listening to every single testimony. Thank goodness, judge. Applause to you. Applause to you. Thank you for doing that. Heck, if I was a judge, I would take it a step farther. Every video I watched of these testimonies, and I'm talking big names in USA Gymnastics, all the way going back to the early 90s. Some of the later ones that you might have heard, we had a local girl, Jordan Weber. She was out of DeWitt High School. 
Uh, she can. She went to college at UCLA for gymnastics, was on USA Gymnastics team for 2012. Other gymnasts, you had Simone Piles, Ali Raisman, Gab Gabby Douglas. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And they're all coming to Lansing, Michigan to provide testimonies. And if I'm the judge, honestly, I would not only make Nasser hear every single one of those statements because one, it takes a lot of courage for each and every one of those victims to go up there face their accuser and face the person that did those horrible things to them and just give them the business applause to every single one of them but not only that but every video that I've seen with Nasser in these testimonies he's looking down at his feet at the witness stand he can't even stomach the courage to look them in the eye such cowardice if I were the judge I would make him sit up straight look them dead in the eye and look at the suffering that he caused them that I just show no mercy for that dude none and for those of you who don't know about this case I encourage you to look it up it's been all over national headlines um, big story in the world of sports and surprisingly not much going on about Michigan State University don't know how high this went up in their program I'm sure the gymnastics coach in Michigan State knew and was trying to keep it quiet so they're gone already um, USA, USA Gymnastics after this whole thing also canceled their plans to uh, drop Corolli uh, Ranch so they're dropping Corolli Ranch which is one of their training facilities down in Houston Texas which is where Nasser uh, frequented so that's no longer happening and uh, yeah listen to those testimonies Alright, going back to the Larry Nasser case, so I did a little digging and Michigan State University is currently under review for their actions while, while Larry Nasser was a team doctor for Michigan State Gymnastics and USA Gymnastics. And the Michigan State University Board of Trustees and their chairman, Brian Breslin, came out yesterday and said that president of Michigan State University, Luana Simon, is going to continue to lead the university. Apparently, there have been multiple calls for President Simon to resign, saying that she knew about it and that there needs to be an entire cleaning of the house in Michigan State University. However, the Board of Trustees at Michigan State say that uh, President Simon was not behind the Nassau case. She had no lead or indication or knowledge that the Nassau case was going on or what Nassau was doing to his victims and still believe that Simon is the right person to lead Michigan State University in the present and in the future. The only thing I can say is this can't just stop at the gymnastics coach. I'm not saying that it goes all the way up to President Simon. It could. It definitely could. I mean, President Simon, with all of the publicity that Michigan State would be getting since saying their doctor, is the lead doctor for USA Women's Gymnastics. Imagine all the female gymnasts that would want to go to Michigan State then because they know that they have a direct connection to USA Gymnastics. That could be a big pull towards the university. But, of course, there's no evidence to come out to say that Simon knew of it. So, I can't sit here saying that Simon knew about it, she needs to resign, I can't. The only person that evidence suggests that they knew about it was the gymnastics coach. They uh, helped silence the players, or the gymnasts rather, 
uh, to not come out and speak publicly publicly against Larry Nasser. But it can't stop there. The athletic director, maybe? Mark Hollis is the current athletic director at Michigan State. Now, he wasn't the athletic director when Larry Nasser first started his tenure down in Michigan State to be their team doctor. That was before his time. But do you think that he might have gotten a leeway from the old athletic director saying, hey, we've been hearing some rumors about this team doctor for USA Gymnastics that's also working here. I mean, wouldn't there have been a red flag or something from the previous athletic director to let him know or at least start investigating? No? Nothing? I mean, does the athletic director get involved? Do other coaches or other athletic programs get involved? What if the gymnast told other student-athlete friends of theirs and they went to their coaches? They didn't say anything about it. The only thing that this Larry Nasser case even happened in the first place is that some of the gymnasts had enough and they had the bravery and the courage to actually go public about it and then when they when other gymnasts saw that that was happening, everybody else joined in and it just started piling on. But you have to think to yourself, Michigan State University, this couldn't have been an isolated incident just to the gymnastics team. I would find it very hard to believe that it was. There had to be something else. There had to be other people that knew about it. And if they knew about it, why didn't they tell anyone? Like, how far down the rabbit hole does this thing go? How many people really at Michigan State University knew about this Nasser thing? And what was going on? I mean, I'm interested to know. I think that there should be an independent investigation. Maybe the FBI? I mean, it's getting to the point now where it's getting ridiculous for this guy's counts. I mean, he pleaded guilty to 10 counts of sexual assault in Ingham and Eaton County, but that's just the start of it. There's been over 140 accusations, and the list keeps going on and on. The sentencing, the final sentencing, hasn't even happened yet. So maybe when this is all said and done, there needs to be an independent investigation going into Michigan State University to figure out if anyone besides the gymnastics coaches knew about this. Whether that be the athletic director, whether that be other coaches, other student athletes, anyone. Heck, President Simon. Maybe the whole board of trustees isn't trustworthy. I don't know. Just something to think about. So last time I talked with you guys, JP Fowler was on the show, and we went through our NBA All-Star votes and what the current standings were leading to the All-Star break, and the NBA just came out with the final standings for both the Eastern and Western Conference for the 2018 NBA All-Star Game. So they have both the front courts, the guards, for each the Eastern Conference and Western Conference. So we're going to go through some of the topics right now and some surprises that I'm seeing currently. So in the Eastern Conference, we got the front court, which we got LeBron James. Should be no surprise there. It's LeBron. Two Giannis, the Greek freak, which I'm happy for. Giannis, I believe this is his first All-Star appearance. So that's a great that's a great move for him. Joel Embiid, number three, trust the process. His first ever All-Star appearance, and he's a starter. Should probably call up Rihanna now because if you remember, he hit up Rihanna on Twitter and said, "You want to go out there?" And she said, "Come back when you're an All-Star." 
Well, 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 look what we have here. Joel Embiid's an all-star, and he's a starter. That's a good bonus points right there. Then we got the unicorn, Christos Porzingis, good for him, representing Lafayette well. Kevin Love at five. Now, I know JP didn't like Kevin Love. Kevin Love isn't bad, okay? Great three-point shooter on the perimeter. Um, could do a little bit better on defense, to be 100% honest, but I'm iffy with that choice. Then we got Al Horford, great center. Andre Drummond, not a big fan of Andre Drummond. I do not like that pick. Guy can't make a free throw to save his life, granted he is a center, and usually they don't have the best track record with free throws in the first place, but the guys are overrated. He can't make shots to save his life. He's only good for dunking and then perimeter defense. That's about it. And the saddest thing is, he's still one of the best centers that Detroit has had in a while. And we got Jason Tatum, Enos Cantor, Enos Cantor, and Dwight Howard. Which I don't even know why Dwight Howard's in there. Just probably because of the name, Dwight Howard. People recognize it, understand it. The guards for the Eastern Conference, Kyrie. That's going to be interesting. LeBron and Kyrie back on the same court again as teammates. Should be interesting. DeMar DeRozan. Victor Oladipo. Coming from Indiana University. First time playing with the Pacers this season after he got traded in the Oklahoma City Paul George trade. Been a beast with the Pacers. Ben Simmons. John Wall. I don't know why John Wall's behind Ben Simmons. That needs to switch around real quick. Bradley Beal, Isaiah Thomas. He has had a hip injury for most of the season. He's just getting back to playing, and all of a sudden people are going crazy over him again. Should go with Kyle Lowry, who is the next one. And then Dwayne Wade and Eric Bledsoe. Now in the Western Conference. Front court. Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green, usual. Then we got Paul George, Marcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, Kawhi Leonard, Melo, Carmelo Anthony, who hasn't really been doing much in OKC except make a couple of clutch threes. Maybe it's just because he's Carmelo. I mean, you gotta admit that some of these all-star boys are just because of their names. Just because their dads have been in the league for such a long time and they've built up a certain prestige that they just get into the all-star voting. Kind of like how Kobe got into the all-star game in his last season when he was... That was probably one of the lowest seasons of his career. And the only way that he would beat himself is that he scored 60 on his final night. And then Cal Kuzma, the rookie from the Los Angeles Lakers, who has the least Lakers in the highest points scored per game. But... Good to see a rookie there. Then we got Western Conference guards. Curry, Harden, Westbrook. Manu Ginobili, number four. Good for Manu. Nice that he's staying in there. Love to see that. Clay Thompson, Chris Paul, Damian Miller, Jimmy Butler, Devin Booker, and Lonzo Ball. Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo Ball, both rookies, both play for the Lakers, are in the All-Star game. The captains are Curry and LeBron by the way, so in case you want to know that, but Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma, the rookies, you gotta admit that LeVar Ball probably had something to do with that. Because of the fame that LeVar Ball is putting towards Lonzo, that's probably why Lonzo got in, because he's been iffy. Kyle Kuzma, better player. Uh, averages around 30 points per game, uh, averages around 6 assists per game, so I can see him being an all-star, but not much Lonzo. So now we're going to do something a little different. We got music coming up. So 
bunch of music was released a couple days ago and yesterday of course and there's been some big news in the music industry as to what albums or songs are coming out so just want to give you the lowdown real quick on a couple of the big things if you're some of the music fans that are listening so fallout boy if you're a fan of fallout boy they just released a new album called mania uh from what i heard from it and from the quick listens that i heard on some of the songs it sounds a lot like their previous album, American Beauty, American Psycho. So if you liked that album, you're probably going to like this. Um, it does have a little bit of vibes from their earlier stuff, like Folio Do. So just imagine it as like a combination of those two. So if you're a Fall Out Boy fan and you like those two albums, you're probably going to like Mania. But it is on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora. So you guys can take a listen. And I will, if you're listening to this on Anchor, I'll throw in a couple of these songs that I'm going to mention next so you all can hear it on the station. Um, then we had Justin Timberlake. So Justin Timberlake said that in February he's going to come out with an album called Man of the Woods. Now Man of the Woods, everybody's freaking out because it looks like, based on the cover art, it's going to be like a country album and it's not. From what I hear and from the songs that came out as singles, it is the farthest from country that you will probably ever hear. It is pop music and techno that sounds a lot like Future Sex Love Sounds, which is an album that came out for, uh, from him in 2006, which features songs like Sexy Back. There's a lot of songs that came out that are going to be on this album that have those Sexy Back vibes. But they're those songs where you're going to have to take a couple of listens to and get used to it before you fully enjoy it, if you like that type of music. And the two singles that are out right now from the album are called Filthy and Supplies. And I will, if you're listening to this on Anchor, I will provide those songs so you can listen to it next. And Drake, for your rap fans out there, Drake just released an EP. Last night, at the time of this recording, today is Saturday, January 20th, he revealed this on actually his producer put this up on Twitter it was Drake's Scary Hours EP it only includes two songs though it's not an entire album so don't get your hopes up too much it contains two songs it contains God's Plan and Diplomatic I believe it's Diplomatic Immunity yes Diplomatic Immunity and each of them are about between three and four minutes God's Plan sounds like something off of Views if you like that album, you're probably going to like that. Diplomatic Immunity is more of the fast-paced, um, earlier Drake. I would say probably from the pages of between If You're Reading This, It's Too Late and Take Care. So, I mean, this obviously going to have to be something that you listen to yourself in order to get an actual representation, but I will include Diplomatic Immunity in the Anchor show so you guys can take a listen to it and see what your thoughts are. If you're a Drake fan, if you like it, if you don't like it. I'm just interested about this Justin Timberlake album though because Justin Timberlake, he's been known to change his sound frequently throughout his career. He started off with like, you know, the classic pop stuff with like Justified in the early 2000s and then he did Future Sex Love Sounds and then recently he did the 2020 Experience which was actually five years ago. That came out in 2013, so it's been a while since we've heard from this guy. And now he's changing it up again with Man of the Woods. So 
applause to him and credit to him for always changing up his style and rhythm and not keeping stagnant, but sometimes that works for some people, sometimes it doesn't. I remember when the first single of Filthy came out, everybody didn't like it. I mean, they thought it was too much of a change, but other people said this is all just part of the plan. And people are still getting confused on what this album is supposed to be. Is it supposed to be a concept album of us like ditching technology and going back to our roots? Because for people that have, and journalists, music journalists that went to his early album listening party, they got that kind of vibe to it and the ambiance that was set in order for the album to be listened to had that kind of feel to it. But from what the songs sound like, it sounds like the exact opposite. Maybe he's doing it from an ironic standpoint. I guess we'll just know more when the album comes out, which I believe is early February is when it comes out. So looking forward to listening to that. All right, one last topic we're going to talk about before we leave, and that is NFL playoffs. We're currently at the stage of the NFC and AFC championships. Jacksonville Jaguars uh, committed and did what many people thought they couldn't do. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 45-42. Now go over to Foxborough, Gillette Stadium, to take on anything that Patriots, basically. Everybody expected the Patriots to be there anyway, so that's not really a surprise. What is surprising, however, Tom Brady is questionable with a leg injury. And that, that can change the whole game. Tom Brady, unless if you've been living under a rock and haven't been watching the NFL, Tom Brady is the bread and butter of the New England Patriots. Probably the greatest quarterback to ever put on a football jersey. Probably the greatest quarterback of all time. And he has a great track record this year. 4,500 yards plus 32 touchdowns. Only 8 interceptions. That's a pretty good ratio if you ask me. And this isn't even one of his best years. But now that he's questionable. And they gave away Jimmy Garoppolo to the San Francisco 49ers. So they have no one in the backup, in the backups to even be close to replacing what he can do out on the field. Jacoby Brissett, gone. Jimmy Garoppolo, gone. They have no one. Does anyone have a four-string quarterback for the New England Patriots? I don't. But whoever it is, if Tom Brady's not playing, he's going to be out there on that field being introduced to us for the first time in the AFC Championship game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I can guarantee you will use every trick in the book imaginable in order to get this win. Especially if Tom Brady is not playing, because they're not passing up this opportunity. When's the last time Jacksonville made the Super Bowl? Go ahead, I'll wait. That's right, you can't remember. Did they ever make the Super Bowl? Not in their franchise history. The New England Patriots? Defending Super Bowl champions. Everybody expected them to get back to the Super Bowl with their favorites since day one. But now that Tom Brady is questionable and could be out of the picture, whole perspective changes. Blake Bortles in the game can step into Foxborough and pull off a win head to the Super Bowl. Imagine that. Blake Bortles. 3,600 yards this season, 21 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Not as good as a ratio as Brady. Bortles has never won a championship. Heck, Bortles hasn't even been considered a top-tier quarterback in his entire career in the NFL. He still hasn't, to be 100% honest. And yet, he is playing the AFC Championship with a possibly not 100% Tom Brady. 
If that is not destiny, I don't know what is. And then next, we got the NFC Championship, Minnesota Vikings taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. That's going to be later in the game. Eagles have a 59% chance to win. Now that's a better odds for Minnesota, and that's a little more even than the Patriots-Jaguars game, where the Patriots are the favorites by 75%. Come on, give the Jags credit. They got to this point. They need to get a little more percentage than that. I mean, seriously. And looks like we got a spread of three points. Case Keenum, third-string quarterback undrafted, pulling his way from Minnesota, but can he be good enough? to defeat Carson Wentz. Who is back from what I hear? I believe Carson Wentz is back. Oh no, he's not. No, my apologies. Forgot that he had a major ACL injury. So Nick Foles is going to be starting. Now Nick Foles, he's been doing great. He was great for Philadelphia Eagles even before Carson Wentz stepped in. So this isn't new to him. Both of these teams have the same records. The only difference is that the Eagles are 7-1 at home, but the Vikings are 6-2 away. So they both had pretty good track records with the Vikings being away, Eagles being at home. So this is going to be a very good game. Lincoln Financial Field is going to be at Philadelphia. It's going to be a rowdy home crowd. My predictions? I'm saying Vikings walk away with this, and I hate to say it, but I think the Patriots are going to beat the Jags. I want the Jags to win. I want the Jags to win as much as the next guy and have someone else in the Super Bowl from the ASC besides the Patriots, but I just think the Patriots are too good even when they're not 100% Tom Brady. So hopefully Jags-Vikings, but in reality, probably Pats-Vikings. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Gage Dansby on Beyond Reason.